How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's time for a look back on today's match. This is the full-time report with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. Today's game is brought to you by Equifax. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. ET&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. The Home Depot, with more ways to help you take on your home projects delivered right to your door. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Dunkin' Donuts, conquer the season with Dunkin's new Atlanta United Donuts. Piedmont Healthcare and Ford. The home for MLS in Atlanta. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Here's the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. Well, a couple times this month now, Atlanta United has been dragged into a street fight. One of them up in Toronto a week and a half ago. Atlanta United won that match 2-0. Tonight, another street fight against Inter-Miami. And Atlanta United, for the first time this season, comes from behind after conceding the first goal to win 2-1 on second-half goals from Luis Aruju and Joseph Martinez. And Inter-Miami is not a playoff team. I get that. Neither is Toronto. But these are the types of matches that you're going to have in the playoffs. And I think it's reassuring, Jason, that in these types of matches, Atlanta United's passing the test. Yeah, you have to find a way to win these games. And and this was a, a trickier one than we expected. Miami was uber physical early on. Nine fouls Barco suffered in the first half. It is I think, tied for the club record for a game. And then he ends up getting fouled three more times in the second half and sets an MLS record for getting fouled. I called that one. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> um, but the game's disjointed because of that. I mean, it was stop-start, and that suited Miami. They got the game they wanted, but Atlanta beat them at their own game. And and that's what Atlanta's going to have to do at times. You know, you have a, a weird situation where Brad Kazan's late to a 50-50, commits the foul, it's a penalty, kind of out of nowhere for Miami, but they did have a few chances in the first half. And you're trailing. And we've seen at times over the last couple of years this team get frustrated and get upset and get emotional in those moments. 
they found a resolve, and I think Moreno coming on at halftime helped. Barco continuing to fight through, getting fouled all night helped. Alan Franco, I think, leads from the back. He's very, I don't know, he's very demonstrative. Miles Robinson's so smooth. Alan Franco gives you a little bit of that steel in the back that they were able to rely on. And Luis Araujo is special. He's, he's special. And, you know, I'd love to hear from him tonight if he expected the wall to do what they did and he placed it specifically there. If he was a little fortunate, he should claim it. He probably will. But then he picks out Joseph Martinez with an unbelievable ball. Araujo not just the attack he defended well he was tracking runners deep into the corner you got special performances big time performances clutch performances from a number of players in this atlanta united team tonight and our issue is our man of the match the goal that jason is describing is the equalizing goal that our scored on a free kick in the 59th minute he also had the assist on the game-winning goal by Joseph Martinez in the 74th minute, you heard Jason mention that as well. Aruju led the team in shots with six and four on target, uh, had two of his shots blocked, uh, had the assist, had the key pass. And think of the last three matches now, Jason, that Aruju has played, had an assist on the Marcelino Moreno goal a week ago Wednesday here at the Benz against New York City. Uh, and played a really, really key role in both goals scored up in Toronto on October the 16th, including somehow two-footing a shot over uh, uh, Bono for a goal uh, that proved to be the game winner up in Toronto in first half stoppage time. But you can tell he's getting comfortable now in MLS. I don't think he was ever uncomfortable, but playing with more confidence as each match goes along. Yeah, he's just... You know, we, we've had this conversation about Luis Araujo because he's he's such an interesting player to watch. He, he's so quick with his first step. He does play with a swagger. I, I don't think it is an arrogance. I don't think it, it's a negative. I think it's a positive. But he puts in the work to back it up, and he's delivered. And, and when you're at a point now in – Ten starts for this team with three goals and four assists and all the chances he's created and all the dribbles he's won and all the shots he's creating for himself and others. He has produced, and Atlanta United is not where they are in the table if they don't go out on the last day of the transfer window and get Luis Araujo. And we were on the road when that deal was getting put together, and Carlos Bocanegra deserves a ton of credit because that move doesn't happen without his connections. And there were a bunch of names floating around at that point, and who knows which one was further along and which wasn't. But when you have the opportunity to get Luis Araujo coming from the Liga defending champions at Lille, a player who was not expected to be available, and you get it done, that's what can win you a championship. And he's the kind of player who can deliver it. It is funny. Some of the people on social media who are talking about how Atlanta United struck out in the transfer window, that Araujo was the last option. You don't hear too much of that now. Araujo <laughs> was by far the best player that was mentioned. And it's, it's one of those things that you don't expect that player to become available. And no. Lille, in a unique situation, Lille financially a lot of trouble. They weren't going to be able to re-up with him. And Carlos Bocanegra had played for Lille's manager last year. And when you get that tip that, hey, this guy might be available for the right price, you drop everything else and go for it. And Atlanta did, 
and look at what he delivered tonight. All right, Luis Arruja, the man of the match, brought to you by Heineken. Let's go downstairs to Gonzalo Pineda now. Message, too, for the players. I felt that we had more connectors in between the lines, which is was something that we highlighted in the uh, at halftime. And then I felt that the players felt a little bit more comfortable. And obviously the mentality of the team, which I'm very proud of, because I think it's the first comeback of the year for Atlanta United. And that's, I'm very proud of that, because we've been talking a lot about uh, managing key moments of the game and mentality in these type of games, finals. And I think the, the players put the, you know, a lot of energy, but also good football. So I think that combo gave us the advantage in the, sec in the second half. Okay. What was your opinion of just the start of the game? Because Miami got through a couple times. They were, I mean, that honestly lucky to not be down earlier. Was there an adjustment made after the first 10 minutes, perhaps? Yeah. I mean, uh, they they were playing a lot. Uh, the balls in behind, they were trying a lot, those type of balls. Actually, there was a couple that Brad took, some, some others that we covered properly, but some others that were very dangerous. So, yes, we were worried about that, but more worried about our possession. We felt that it was too lateral. And a lot of passes, just lateral passes, lateral passes, but we never penetrate the shape. Uh, and I felt that in the second half, that was the adjustment. But talking specifically about the first half, uh, yes, we were more concerned about the ball movement, was slow and wasn't uh, fast enough to, to break lines. And, uh, and then, obviously, the defensive side, Iguain was playing very good in between the lines. And I mean, he's a fantastic player, so it's hard to stop him at times. But they were surprising us with those runs in behind. Was that concerning, considering you, know, you said y'all worked on the final third quite a bit, breaking down opponents quite a bit. You were pleased with the energy and execution during training sessions to kind of see what was happening in the first half, with the ball being too violent. Yeah, well, uh, I think that happens. The, the same, uh, you know, when we trained the week, we saw that uh, Inter Miami uh, was playing 4-2-3-1 uh, most of the games. And today, when I told them they were playing the back five, kind of changed a little bit the movement that we just trained, uh, which is not an excuse, but it's something that maybe the players were not understanding the spaces or the gaps that we wanted to explode. Uh, but at the same time, I felt at times we created a couple good half chances, one from Arau, that if he just passed the ball lateral to Joseph, maybe it's a goal. Uh, another crosses from Bello, a couple crosses from Brooks, from the what we call the premises zones, and and we, we we just couldn't find those final passes, final touches. But I felt that the second half was much better. Was was much better. And, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Getting Marino. Rodrigo, Martinez, and Marco all in attacking positions in the second half at the expense of a third center back. Might that, that consider, might you consider changing the formation going forward, seeing how well the team played with those four guys, getting to play higher up the field than Marino sometimes has in the past? Yeah, well, uh, we, we've been training also, I think, a couple of weeks ago. We trained a whole week the back four, just in case uh, these type of moments come up and we don't feel like we haven't trained this enough. Uh, the thing that maybe you guys don't know is that Moreno didn't train the first two days uh, the last week. And that's one of the main reasons why he didn't start the game, because uh, he was struggling with some injury in his foot and he couldn't even walk. So. That's one of the reasons we couldn't train again the four two three one with him included and and then I had to choose the the, the three four 
to one that was working also very good, uh, but, but uh, I mean, we could have put Moreno since the very beginning. We know what he can provide to the team. We know that we probably look more dangerous with him. It's just the balance that sometimes we can lose with that four players on the back and then two fullbacks going at the same time, and we can be exposed at times in transition. So it's just if we can find the right balance there, we can put those four attackers uh, uh, at the same time. So w once again, you you're defending a one nil or a one goal lead late in the game. Uh, you made some changes, brought on George Campbell. Um, how satisfied are you with how those decisions worked out? And, and perhaps what were you thinking? What were you telling the players in those moments? Well, we, we didn't really want to change because we felt that with Araujo, with Bark, or even Kubo that was shielding the ball probably well better than I was expecting against big centre-backs like, like Leandro Gonzalez-Pires. Uh, I felt that we had kind of good transition moments. But at some point I started to realise that they start to just put balls in, you know, uh, in, inside our box, throwing, corners and that, and I need an extra player there. So this time it worked, a defensive sub, and it worked. So, you know, uh, it's always like that. It's after the result we all can adjust. Uh, but at the very beginning, honestly, I didn't want to take Araujo out. I, I felt he did a very, very complete game. It was just the last five minutes just uh, protecting us from those direct plays, and I think George did a fantastic job on that. All right, Gonzalo Pineda now 6-3-1 and one as Atlanta United's manager, and uh, he's got his team on the doorstep of the postseason after a 2-1 win over Inter-Miami tonight. Later in the full-time report, I want to ask you about uh, are, are you thinking about maybe going into a 4-2-3-1 at some point for Atlanta United going forward? It was a contingency, as you heard Pineda say, that he planned for tonight. We're going to talk about that in a bit on the full-time report because – you're obviously hearing the questions at the press conference, and we're seeing the chatter on Twitter. So uh, we're going to get to that in a moment. First, though, I have to give you the statistical recap brought to you by Piedmont, official health care partner of Atlanta United. Shots tonight, 13-11 to 11 Atlanta. Shots on target, 8-6 Atlanta. Possession, 61-39 Atlanta. Key passes, 9-8 Atlanta. Expected goals, 2.4 to 1.2 Miami. Brad Guzan's role in this victory tonight cannot be overstated he made two big second half saves on Gonzalo Higuain and on Julian Carranza the fouls 25 by Miami my goodness Barco suffered 12 fouls that is tied for the league record Atlanta United conceded 13 fouls corners were 3-3 that's the statistical recap brought to you by Piedmont official health care partner of Atlanta United all right we're going to go to break Hawks have won they just won in New Orleans coming from behind Atlanta United with a come-from-behind win tonight against Inter-Miami. Braves, if they win, they're going to have to come from behind. They're down 5-2 in the bottom of the sixth inning. We'll continue with the full-time report in just a moment as Atlanta United defeats Inter-Miami tonight. 2-1 on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Back live on the uh, full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9. The game, the rhythm that Atlanta United got into in the second half tonight, got Inter-Miami for a 2-1 Atlanta United win. Uh, we'll have the highlights in a moment. Let's go downstairs, though. We believe George Bella was at the podium right now. And there's no one, like, uh, blaming each other or putting anyone down. We're just like, all right, like, we're in the situation. Uh, we work from it. So, I mean, like I said, it shows a lot as a team, what we did say, and I'm really proud of the team as well. So, it's only up from here. We do get to see y'all practice free kicks sometimes at the end of training. <laughs> Has Elise ever tried that one? Before? I don't ever remember seeing it. I don't think I've seen it either, honestly. But, yeah, I mean, hey, it went in, so we're happy about it. Goal right. is a goal. George, um, never mind. <laughs> Uh, you said you guys haven't had a ton of time to work uh, on being in a back four. Um, how comfortable did you feel when y'all made the switch tonight at halftime? Yeah, I feel pretty comfortable because, I mean, even if we don't have time to work on it, I feel like we have the talent on the team to adapt to anything that's thrown at us during the game. So once he moved into the back four, I felt like uh, we were more fluid with the way Inter-Miami was playing, and which I think made them move into a back four as well. So I feel like we, we adapted well, and we came out the win, so, which is all that matters. Uh, like I said, uh, we have a lot of talent on the team, so it's never, I don't think, an issue when we switch uh, formations. All right, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, earlier this week, Gonzalo told us that against NYCFC, when he made some of the changes in the end of the game, he took off Luis, he brought on Sadich. You guys on a sat back, got more compact, conceded the goal. He said he sent the wrong message to the team that was, you know, we're just defending. How do you feel about that? Did you sort of perceive that message based on those decisions? And how do you compare those decisions with the decisions he made today? 
Um, that's, that's a tough question. I mean, like, it happens. I mean, it's a game. You make changes. And like I said, we have a great team, so sub, starters, everyone. So, I mean, we trust in everyone. And, like, uh, soccer, football happens. So you never know what can happen. It can happen to anybody. So I wouldn't say it was the changes that were kind of, like, the blame for it. Because, I mean, we could have finished our chances, too, as well. So you can look at it at all points of view. So, I mean, I wouldn't say the, the subs or anything. We perceived it in any type of way. We were just trying to play and clear out the game, and it didn't happen. But today we did. So, I mean, there's ups, there's downs. So we just keep moving. Do you know where y'all are in the standings right now? We're in sixth, right? Sixth. Yeah. Yeah, George Bellow is correct. Atlanta United moving up to sixth with their 12th win of the year tonight, uh, 2-1 over Inter-Miami. Before we get to the highlights, I want to remind you that for each Atlanta United Queen Chief this year, they donate $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. This year's donation total currently standing at $18,000. It wasn't a clean sheet for Brad Guzan tonight, but he made two massive saves, which you're going to hear in a moment. He did not concede an open play goal tonight. Miami's goal came in the first half on a penalty here in the 32nd minute from Gonzalo Higuain. Action at the goal to our left. Higuain with hands on hips. Guzan positions himself on his line. There's the whistle. Higuain to the left. Now up to the ball. Strikes it. Scores. 1-0 Inter-Miami on a penalty in the 32nd minute. And Atlanta United is in trouble. 12th goal of the year for Gonzalo Higuain. I thought Atlanta United would be in trouble, but honestly, Jason... The remainder of the first half, Atlanta United really responded well to the goal, and I thought even dominated the final 10 minutes of the first half. Really built some momentum going into halftime. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have that sense that they were in trouble at that point just because they did have opportunities beforehand. Miami was looking to play on the counter, and they were dangerous on the counter. And as Gonzalo Pineda said, when you have a player the quality of Gonzalo Higuain, he's going to get into dangerous positions. You just have to be ready to deal with it. And Atlanta was dealing with it pretty well. Brad Gazan's late on a challenge. It's a penalty. It's converted. Atlanta was able to really just put its head down and keep fighting. And they had opportunities late in the half. It felt like the goal wasn't a wake-up call but it did kind of spur them to another level of urgency as we got to halftime. So 1-0 uh, Inter-Miami at halftime. By the way, a thought on the penalty, and I know we've gotten a lot of questions about it on Twitter. You feel that that, although it might not have been a clear and obvious error by the referee, who appeared to not call, we think, appeared not to call a penalty right. on the field, we think, and I agree with you, it didn't feel like a clear and obvious error. But watching the replay, Brad was second to the ball in a collision that occurred inside the area. And Morgan was onside. And that was another question. It was very close. He was kept on by the, I think, the right leg or the left leg of Miles Robinson, uh, who was kind of trying to, to step up, I think, and just got caught a little bit. Morgan's onside. Brad's late to it. It's a foul. It's a penalty. Now, I think we're going to get to a different phase, and we're not quite there right now. We're in this gray area with is it a clear and obvious error? Is it enough to overturn a call in the field? Is it not? I think what you're going to see going forward, and, and I don't really care how you get there. I just want the call to be correct, and it was correct in this case. But I think you're going to get to a situation where maybe that's how Guido Gonzalez Jr. played it out tonight. The referee doesn't make a call on the field you know we, we talked about the double reds in toronto if that's given as double yellows does it go up to reds 
on a video review. I don't know if it does or not. I don't think so. But you have more room to do that. When you give the red or you give the penalty there, it's a lot harder to change the call on the field. I think you're going to see more referees go with whatever the least you know, strong call they can make in those situations so the video assistant referee can help them get it right. Ultimately, in this case, the call was correct. It's a penalty. It's a goal. And Atlanta's chasing the game. Okay, so 1-0, Inter-Miami at halftime, and they very nearly made it 2-0 in the 53rd minute. Brad Guzan had two enormous saves in the second half. Here was the first one on Gonzalo Higuain. Here at the Benz, 1-0 Inter-Miami in the 53rd minute now. As it is set ahead now to Jay Chapman on the edge of center circle. Miami attacking the goal to our right. Up ahead it goes now to Lewis Morgan. Ahead to Leardam, near corner. Here comes the cross, and it's saved by Guzan off a shot at point blank by Higuain. What a save by Guzan. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. It was more of a positional save yep. by Brad Guzan than him necessarily having to do anything. It's why having a veteran in goal is so important because Brad Guzan isn't you know, panicking in that situation. He's just sliding over to make himself as big as possible. The shot comes off, I think, of his chest of his, or his shoulder, but it's because of his proper positioning because he has no time to react. He has to be in the right spot. He was. Okay, a couple minutes later, Atlanta United equalized. Now, remember, what set this up was Barco being fouled right on the edge of the 18 inside the arc, and we thought it might have actually been a dog-so-red caliber foul on Kelvin Leardam. Leardam was shown yellow, not red. Incident occurred just outside the area, so not a penalty, but Luis Aruju is able to drive it through the wall low, beating Marsman to equalize. We're in the 59th minute, Atlanta United looking for the equalizer. Moreno waiting, as is Aruju. Wall is set. Now, Gonzalez. Pizarro is delaying the restart. There's the whistle. Aruju goes for goal. Score! And Atlanta United is right back in if they get the equalizer in the 59th minute on Luis Aruju's third goal of the season. See, Pizarro shouldn't have delayed the restart. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, it's a little bit unlucky for Marsman because he's screened by his own wall. And I, I, oh, there's I, nothing he can do. I don't think he's expecting <laughs> no. Aruju to pick out that spot low. No. But it's a great goal by Aruju on a direct free kick. Yeah, there's nothing Marsman can do. It's, it's the wall. And, and watching Phil Neville turn around and yell at anybody who would look at him from the bench just I'm, I'm trying to read his lips from up here and and it just looks like he's like how how because that can't get through the wall they jump and they kind of split a little bit Aroju puts it through the wall into the back of the net so we're even at one we're going into the final half hour it looks like Atlanta United takes a 2-1 lead a few minutes later but Joseph Martinez is ruled just offside on a headed in goal and it was tight. It was really close, but it was called offside on the pitch. The VAR did have a look at it, did not send it down for a review. However, Joseph was able to get the game-winning goal here in the 73rd minute.
Leardam has it now at the halfway line, trying to pop it down the middle, and it's picked off by Miles Robinson before it connected with Robbie Robinson. Then it's cleared over to Brooks Lennon, who runs this down on the far touchline and dribbles up to the halfway line. He'll send it into the middle now to Araruju, 40 yards from goal. Turns, played ahead to Joseph, 1v the keeper, Joseph shot, score! That one will count! Joseph Martinez with his 101st career goal with Atlanta United, and they have the lead now in the 74th minute. Well, it's a beautiful team goal. It's also, it coincidentally, Martinez scored in all three matches Atlanta United played against Inter-Miami this year. He has had Miami's number, and you kind of knew if he was going to get another opportunity that he would make it good. He was a, maybe a step offside on the goal that was taken away. We never got a second look at it. The first look, I think he was a step off. It was very, very close. Like the Morgan one, but very, very close. He gets this one and he buries it. It's great work from Luis Araujo again. And and what Miami did tonight that made it so difficult for Barco, for Moreno, for Araujo to find space. There was a, a question in the, the postgame interviews about space and finding space and why couldn't that happen easier. Miami was condensing the space whenever one of those three got on the ball. They were kind of double teaming and sometimes triple teaming when it came to Barco and really making it difficult for the player to be able to get their head up and pick a pass. Araujo balanced it perfectly because he held the ball long enough to draw defenders to him, but then when the space opened, he was able to play it, perfectly weighted into the run of Joseph, who buried it. And that was the hot play of the match brought to you by Scana. For over 20 years, Scana Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. But the match was not over. And Inter-Miami found a couple good scoring opportunities and a late bid to equalize a huge save by Brad Guzan here in the 89th minute on Robbie Robinson preserved the win for Atlanta United. This is Vasilev now on the left wing. Rolled ahead to McCoon at the far end line. Here's a cross header. Save Guzan. And then knocked out for a corner by Torres. Another point blank shot. Saved by Brad Guzan. That one by Carranza. Oh, Opta said it was Robbie Robinson. I could have sworn it was Carranza. It happened right in front it of It was us, Carranza. Right? Well, wow. <laughs> Opta, come on, guys. Come on, I, Opta. I, I could have sworn it was uh, Yeah, it, it, it was Julian Carranza, and it All was right, an good. incredible I, save. I feel better. Yeah, and, and look, again, you, it, Atlanta United got the win because Brad kind of saved him a little bit in the second half. The positional save on Higuain, that was a really brilliant reaction by Brad on the header by uh, Carranza. But you need your goalkeeper to do that. Yep. I mean, that that's the thing, is it's not that, you know, Atlanta got saved by Brad Gazan. It's He stood up when he was called upon. And, you know, for anybody who was blaming, you know, Brad Gazan, oh, he's late and he commits a foul and it's a penalty. Oh, look, it's, it's, it's all the goalkeeper's fault. Well, he more than made up for it with two big saves. You need your goalkeeper to make a couple of big saves in games this time of year. You need your big players to step up and create good chances, and Atlanta United did both. The big players, the big money players for this team, stepped up in a big way. Yeah, your designated players were brilliant tonight. Barco drawing the 12 fouls. Arruju goal and an assist. Joseph with a goal. 
Uh, and uh, Atlanta United comes out of this with a 2-1 win over Inter-Miami, and they are one step closer now to the postseason, not all the way there yet. Uh, feels like, and I haven't done the math on this yet, but it feels like three more points will get them there. Four more points absolutely should get them there. Uh, anything beyond three points would put them in the mix for a home game in the first round. We'll take your questions and comments on Twitter after this. Send them to us on Twitter right now on Mike Conti 929. And then Longshun will continue with the full-time report in a moment as Atlanta United defeats Inter-Miami tonight 2-1 on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Mr. 305. Have to. Uh, on a night where Atlanta United defeats Inter-Miami 2-1 here on the full-time report. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Let's get to some questions and comments on Twitter. And we appreciate you uh, contributing tonight. Lots of discussion about Barco. Persistent infringement. Barco suffering 12 fouls tonight, which tied a league record. Um, it's interesting, too, because, you know, Barco was fined by the always player safety-oriented disciplinary committee for simulation a couple weeks ago, and I, I think a, a play that he was not even simulating on. But um, it's an issue, and we've talked about this a lot this year, how skilled players like Barco, unfortunately, get kicked a lot in this league. And, um, you know, the referee, Guido Gonzalez, threw a lot of yellow cards tonight. I don't think he wanted to send anyone off. I don't think he wanted to call 25 fouls. But that's what presented itself. And, um, you know, there might have been just a little bit too much leniency, I guess, on the persistent infringement against Barco tonight. Barco has started 20 games this season. I'm going to give you some of the fouled numbers that he's dealt with. Seven against Chicago. Six against New York City. Nine against D.C. United. That was the previous high. Eight against Cincinnati. Seven against D.C. a second time. Seven last time against Miami. And 12 tonight. That is ridiculous. I, I'm, there's, I, I can think of other words that I shouldn't say right now. <laughs> it, it's, 
It's very frustrating because you get to a point in the match when you're the referee and you've called 12 fouls that Ezekiel Barco has been fouled. You know, you get to a point that you're not used to having a player earn that many fouls. And there were more on the table that didn't get called that I think you get almost fatigued of giving that player free kicks. And it's wrong. Gregory should have been on a yellow card because he fouled Barco multiple times. There were multiple times that Barco was hit after delivering a pass. He, he was definitely targeted because in t- the last two games against Miami that Barco's played, he's been fouled 19 times. That That's ridiculous. And it's just got to change because it does not promote the kind of soccer that MLS should be wanting to promote. And MLS is not completely in control of referees. It's not like the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball, where the league hires the referees. You don't have that situation in soccer because you have world governing body in FIFA. You have a national governing body in the U.S. Soccer Federation, the Canadian Soccer Association. That's where your referees are trained. You're there assigned. You have the professional referee organization that is supposed to help do this. But pro is getting to a point where it feels like they're more more worried about trying to protect their own image than actually dealing with these kinds of scenarios to the point that Ezekiel Barco, one of the most fouled players in the league over his time in the league, and it's gotten worse every year, it's steadily increased every year, is getting hit for simulation fines. Are you going to go back and give some retroactive yellow cards to people? Because I'd like to see that. Because this game changes in two different ways. If Gregory gets a yellow card, he would have been sent off at some point for sure. And if Kelvin Leardam gets the red card for denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, again on Barco, to the point that Leardam is on the ground, reaches his arms out, grabs Barco, who's going to have a shot in two steps inside the 18, that's denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. That's even beyond persistent infringement. It just feels like there is a narrative about Barco, and at times there's a narrative in this league about skilled players in general that they dive, that they're looking for fouls. Well, newsflash, when you're getting kicked over and over and over again, you're going to jump out of the way of getting kicked the 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th time. And that should still be a foul. That's not simulation. That's protecting yourself. And the referees are doing nothing to protect Ezekiel Barco. JB says the front four of Moreno, Barco, Arujo, and Joseph is undeniable, but how did Ibarra and Josetu look to you, and how long before Sosa is back? The last part of that question, sounds like Sosa was even in a double training situation on Tuesday, so hopefully not long for Sosa. Uh, I'm still not really fully clear on what the injury is. I don't think the club has put that out yet, um, but I, to the last part of that, I'm not sure the door is closed for Sosa to play against Toronto on Saturday. As for Abara and Josetu, your thoughts? I thought Josetu was about what we expect from him at this point. 88% passing, uh, 61 of 69 passes. I mean, coming into this, his last two games, Josetu had only had seven incomplete passes out of over 100. He is that linking player in the holding midfield. The player who impressed me the most because it was a big ask for him is Franco Ibarra. Uh, first start in a while now that he's healthy. And Franco Ibarra was good on the ball, and that's something that is not normally his game. He was 81% passing, 36 total passes, completed 29 of them. Defensively is where he shines, and he did again here. He won seven tackles, one interception, eight defensive actions 
is a lot. That is a very, very high number. And when he's doing those sorts of things, he gives you a very different personality on the field than Santiago Sosa. The team was able to adapt, and, and we saw Alan Franco hit more of those long balls that we see from Sosa from time to time. But Ibarra gives you a more physical presence, breaking up plays in the middle of the park. It's really good to have him back because when you get Sosa back, then Gonzalo Pineda has a lot of different personalities that he can throw out in that midfield. Somebody smooth like Hosetu on the ball. Sadich is a technical player as well. Mo Adams, very energetic, covers a lot of ground. Franco Ibarra, a little bit of, of steel in the midfield who can win those tackles and, and disrupt teams. All right, here's a question from Dr. David Bradley. He says, with the remaining games of Toronto, the Red Bulls, and Cincinnati, does Atlanta United play for the best playoff spot, or do they play a lineup to rest and not necessarily play full first choice? You can't rest because you got two weeks after the decision day game and your first playoff game. You'll have time to rest then. You have to go for it because nothing is guaranteed at this point. You can't look ahead. You can't overlook, as we saw tonight. It was a tough tough match against a team that is behind you in the table. Toronto, it was a tough match up there. I, I don't think that's going to be an easy one on Saturday. They showed a lot of heart tonight yeah. getting a draw. Cincinnati will want to, at some point, not lose again because I think they're at 10 losses in a row now. Um, it's the last game of the season. They have nothing to lose in that match. They scored three goals tonight against Nashville, who's a very good defensive team. Yeah, <laughs> that was a strange match, and we haven't really gone through what else happened in the league tonight and how Atlanta United is now six. But let's just very briefly yeah. go through it. New England got a 1-0 win over Colorado. New England now on 76 points, one match to play. They already have the league record for most points in a season. Congratulations to Bruce Arena. Now, you mentioned Cincinnati scored three tonight. Nashville scored six. This match was ridiculous. Own goal and penalty, and Cincinnati's up 2-0 in the first couple minutes. Nashville gets one back, then Cincinnati's got a 3-1 lead, and then Nashville scores five unanswered. And this is a Nashville team that does not score a lot, but... With the three points tonight at TQL Stadium, Nashville's looking good for, well, first of all, they've clinched a playoff spot. They're looking really, really good now for a top three seed, and the two seed might be in their clutches. That's because Philadelphia had a 2-2 draw with Toronto tonight. That game was played in Toronto, but that was not expected. Orlando, uh, against a desperate Columbus side, lost in Ohio 3-2. Red Bulls lost to D.C. 1-0. That, I think, is the most significant result of the night yes. in the Eastern Conference because what that does now is it puts D.C. two points below the playoff line. Red Bulls stay up now at 44 points. But remember, Montreal and Atlanta are even on matches with Red Bulls. They don't have the benefit of that match in hand. And now Red Bulls have a little bit to be concerned about. No, the table's a little different, Mike. I think the league website is letting us down on theirs. Um, D.C., with that win. Yeah, they jump up. That's they're right. They're at 44. Yeah, that's right. Red Bulls are on 43, so they're one point out. Now, if you think second place is still in play, if you want to play that out and see what can happen, Nashville goes to Orlando on Halloween, and then on decision day they host the Red Bulls. Two tricky matchups for Nashville. Yeah. Now, Nashville 
doesn't lose very often, only four losses this season. They could be um, tied for a league record, I think, in losses, the no lowest number of losses in a season if they maintain it. New England, only four losses as well. Nashville, 16 draws is why they are where they are. But I could see them not winning either one of those. That would put them at 54 if they draw both. Now, Atlanta does have the ability, if they went out, to get to 55. So if you want to keep hope alive for second, it's there because of Nashville's schedule. Philadelphia has a match with Cincinnati, which is very winnable for Philadelphia because everybody's beating Cincinnati right now. But they go to Yankee Stadium on decision day. That is not a game where I think they will be favored. That's going to be a tricky one. So... There's still everything to play for, even up as high as second, in my opinion. But Atlanta just has to take care of the teams in front of them. And they have two very winnable games out of the three. And you go to Red Bull Arena, and Red Bull's you know, dropping a game tonight. Uh, maybe they've run out of gas a little bit. We'll just have to see. Atlanta United right now controls their destiny for the four seed. Okay, Atlanta United can get up to four, winning out with no help. In fact, on points per match, Atlanta United is fourth in the East right now. So Atlanta United, with no help if they win out, can get to fourth. Mathematically, they could get to second. They would need a ton of help, and they would need to win out. Uh, and that includes a win against Toronto this coming Saturday here at the Benz. We'll have a very quick thought on that match right after this as we wrap up the full-time report. Atlanta United 2-1 winners tonight over Inter-Miami on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Typically associate Little John and the Eastside Boys with Miami. Eh, 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 eh. It's not Little John and the Eastside Boys. Little John is on it. Oh. I don't know if the Eastside Boys are on it. I don't think so. I thought Little John and the Eastside Boys were just always together. No, no. So, Little no. John does things separate from the Eastside Boys. Oh. From time to time. That's news to me. Yeah, yeah. From time to time, they, 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 they go separate ways. It's Trick Daddy's song, Let's Go. Okay, and Trick Daddy is from Miami. Yes. I, I, always, I, I, I just think of that as a Little John song. I also had a shocking revelation last year in the full-time report about Tevin Campbell. Don't, <laughs> don't take my word on anything when it comes to music. Anyhow, Atlanta United. Uh, I'm waiting on that East Side Boys album without Little John. I think the East Side Boys have probably disbanded, I'm, I'm oh, guessing. Uh, that's sad, quite man. like Murphy Lee and uh, the, the, the St. Lunatics. The St. Lunatics. I, I think they've disbanded as well. Anyhow, 2-1 uh, Atlanta United over Inter-Miami tonight. Short time remaining on the uh, postgame show. <clears throat> excuse me, Nick Kayal is coming up next, and he is going to go through the end of the Braves game, and then when the Braves game is over, 
We have Caleb Johnson, Joe Patrick, and Knox Pardeen standing by for a Braves post-game show uh, as the Braves trail the Astros 7-2 to in the bottom of the seventh inning. It looks like the World Series will come back to Atlanta. Tied to the game apiece. Toronto, look, they're fighting. you got to give them credit, Jason. I mean, they're fighting. They scratched out a 2-2 draw tonight um, against Philadelphia after Josie Altidore got a very, very late goal to scratch out a draw against Montreal. So even though Toronto is mathematically eliminated, they're fighting, and I still get the feeling that there is some bad blood lingering from the last time these teams met a week and a half ago. Josie Altidore's got goals in each of the last two games. Um, the question is going to be how much can Posuelo play? He started tonight. Looks like he went 90 in the match. He's working his way back to full fitness. Is he going to be able to go again? Jefferson Soteldo, you know, what is he going to have potentially in the tank? He wasn't in the team tonight. So it could be down to that central midfield of Michael Bradley, of Jonathan Osorio, of Marky Delgado that Atlanta has to deal with. And they're going to miss Santiago Sosa if he can't go in that game. You need Sosa's presence against a midfield that strong. Ibarra was very good in disrupting the play tonight, but that midfield, you need to control the ball in those positions as well. Sosa's work on the ball becomes important. How does Gonzalo Pineda potentially reshuffle the deck? Does he go 4-2-3-1 from the start? Can't wait to find out on Saturday a huge home finale. Okay, this was our final regular season match on 92-9, the game. The final three regular season matches will be on Star 94, and that starts Saturday at 5.30 with the Five Stripes countdown, 6 o'clock the kickoff, Atlanta United and Toronto. And I'll say it again, if you have tickets, make sure they are used. It could be the final uh, home game of the year for Atlanta United. It's a big one, and Jason and I will be on Star 5.30 Saturday evening. We look forward to having you for that. That does it for tonight. Engineer Miller Pope with an ominous update about the Braves, who are in a bases-loaded situation for Houston with two outs at the bottom of the seventh, 7-2. The Astros on top. Nick Kale will keep you posted after this. Thank you for the update, Miller. He was our engineer tonight. Dylan Matthews, our producer. Jason Longshore, I'm Mike Conti. 2-1 again, Atlanta United coming from behind for the first time this year to win 2-1 over Inter-Miami on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. You've been listening to MLS action of our Atlanta United. Tune in for complete match day coverage all season long. The home for our Atlanta United is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. 
Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.